You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. trouble scott farrell is calling the shots from the sideline we're gonna make fun of people we're gonna hurt people's feelings it's farrell on the bench i believe in whipped cream with everything and we're back farrell on the bench carver high and mafia in for scotty couple more days of vacation for Pharrell, first show of 2021 for us on a Monday night, 844-843-6879. As a three ball for the Mountaineers Mafia, they take a one-point lead in Stillwater. 76-75, West Virginia, under three minutes to play. What a comeback for Huggy Bear and the Mountaineers. Let's go. You know, he always has these teams that aren't the most talented. They don't have the biggest names, but they always, you know, they play hard. They're going to earn it. They're not these guys that are going to just be getting all the uh, the accolades and the five stars. They're going to be the guys that work their butts off every game. doesn't matter whether they're up or down. They're going to press you. They're going to make you worry about it. They're going to make you turn it over. And it's working out here. Big second half for them, 44-30 so far in the second half. And now another three ball by my boy McBride. It's 79-75. Not only are they winning now, Mafia, but they are covering in Stillwater. <laughs> so let's see if the Mountaineers can finish the job storming back in the second half. What a tremendous job by them. Uh, since it's a shorter segment, let's do this here. Here, How about them? Uh, the announcement today, NCAA tournament, all going to be uh, in Indiana. They've got six or seven courts. Um, of course, Indianapolis is where the heart of it will be, where the final four will be, etc. Uh, now, they've had COVID problems here, Mavi. Like, there's teams that like haven't played in weeks. Jay Wright said today Villanova's going to miss like another three games. They're having problems. But I'll tell you this, they're playing that tournament. They don't care if they got to drag the 68 worst teams in the country to Indiana in March. After missing it last year and missing out on all that money from Turner and CBS, they are going to play the NCAA tournament this March and uh, they've got their plan in place. The teams will be there. Their kids are going to have to sit in hotels for weeks, but they do that anyway. And here we go. We're going to get March Madness this year, Moff. Well, you know, it's no big deal. You know, you think these kids are really paying attention in class the last couple of weeks no. while they're in the NCAA tournament? No, they're going from they're getting back on Monday and then leaving again by Wednesday. You think they're really, you know, worried about their assignments? Come on, this is no big deal for them. They probably do better, you know, paying attention remotely, you know, on Zoom calls and stuff for class than they usually do for the tournament. I love that they're getting it in. You know, it's a great job by them to work this out. Obviously, they saw the success of 
doing bubbles, not just, you know, in pro sports, but, you know, worked pretty well at the beginning of the season when they did it over at the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. They had, you know, the Bubbleville there, a bunch of games. They were kind of just mixing and matching, depending on who could play, getting stuff in. And, you know, they see when they don't have that. And, you know, you teams like Baylor, Gonzaga, you know, Villanova, all your top teams, Duke, that are getting affected by this, the ones that you want to be there, and you say, oh, man, like, we can't have these guys going back and forth and back and forth every week. Like, we got to have this tournament. We need our best teams. We need them healthy. You know, let's just keep them all somewhere and keep them locked away and, you know, work out. It, it, hopefully it works out for them. What I think would have been even more awesome is if they made this, like, a true tournament style and just all packed it into, like, two or three weeks. You know, forget the waiting for the weekend and the getting the better time slots and all that. You know, like, you play Thursday, Sunday, you know, like, maybe even give them a day or two, and then, like, you know, Wednesday, Friday, like, you know, get it all in there in two weeks. Let it go. The juice is flowing. No time off, no relaxing, just right to it, you know, to the death. Let's fight it off. But, you know, they'll, they'll throw a little extra money at it and keep there for a few weeks. So I'm excited for it, yeah. though. Yeah. No, yeah. Gavitt said today um, that the bracket's going to be announced on March 15th, and the tournament will be concluded on April the 5th. Uh, how will he respond if one of the 68 teams has a member test positive? We'll have contingency plans in place, a.k.a. we are pushing ahead. We don't care if we have to throw a team out of the tournament. We're doing it. We welcome in all of our radio affiliates. Pharrell on the bench, Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty, 844-843-6879. The number to get involved. West Virginia hanging on to a two-point lead over Oklahoma State, 81-79, to with a buck 10 left to go in Stillwater. The NCAA tournament is a go. It is going to happen. Uh, six or seven gyms all throughout the state of Indiana, mostly centralized in Indianapolis. I'm sure Scotty will be happy, Mafia. They are going to play some tournament games uh, in Bloomington, on the home floor of the Indiana Hoosiers. So may, now they're going to have to not play them there, right? You can't have uh, Indiana playing tournament games at home, right? You know, that'll be interesting to see how they see things and you know, who's playing where, because you always had that where they kind of try to put certain teams closer to home, wherever the regions were. And obviously you're not going to have that now. So, you know, all those teams like Purdue, Indiana, I mean, I don't think Notre Dame's going to make it because they've had a rough season, but all those teams from that area, how do you uh, work that? They're all, I mean, no fans, so it's not exactly home games, but it'll be interesting to see. It'll be fun. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure Scott not only loves that it's all in Indiana, but, you know, he also loves that it takes games away from Kentucky, right? Because they're supposed to host the regional. Yes. <laughs> they're always, well, you always have uh, North Carolina and Duke are always playing somewhere close to Carolina. You always have Kansas playing in Kansas City. You always have Kentucky hosting a game close to home. It's amazing. Um, and now everybody's got to go to Indy. That's it. And I, don't, I like it. I think it's going to be cool as long as they play it. Because we that was the first thing we lost last year. And we and we missed it, and there's nothing like the NCAA tournament, especially for uh, I mean, geez, gambling on 67 uh, college basketball games, you gotta have it, uh, no question. Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty Pharrell on the bench, 844-843-6879. We keep rolling. More of these NFL playoff matchups, wild card weekend coming up this week. We break them down. Coming up next on the bench. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. 
I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn-up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Grid is available on the radio, internet, TV, satellite, and don't forget our mobile app. So if you're not getting it, you're just not trying. Keep it right here. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. And we're back. Burrell on the bench. Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty. A couple more days of vacation for him. 844-843-6879. First show of 2021 on a Monday night. Uh, West Virginia clinging to an 83-81 lead over Oklahoma State. Uh, under a minute to play. We're in a timeout. Right now we are uh, pushing. Now considering they were down just about 20, I'd probably take the push at this point. But no, no, no. We are greedy. We would like to see West Virginia win this game. Uh, by three or more. That would be the ideal situation for everybody involved right now. Uh, let's get back to Wild Card Weekend, Mafia. Super Wild Card Weekend. Back-to-back triple headers. We talked about uh, the first couple games on Saturday. Let's get to the late game. Uh, Tom Brady in his first playoff game with the Tampa Bay Bucks. They go to face the football team, the WFT, the Washington football team, after they beat the Eagles last night. Right now, uh, minus eight and a half. I saw seven and a half when it opened last night. Might have touched nine for a moment. Now back to eight and a half, total 46 and a half. I'm torn, Mafia. Like, I, I see the Bucks the last few weeks, and their offense looks like it's clicking. But they're playing uh, stiffs the past few weeks. Detroit, Atlanta. Like, these teams stink, and they're beating them up. The Bucks have only beaten one team this year with a winning record. That was when they hammered the Packers at home way, way, way back early in the season. So not a lot, you know, not a lot of quality wins for Tommy's team. And the Washington football team has the one thing, the one thing they do good, really, their D is very good, but the one thing about their D that is so good is the kryptonite for Tom Brady throughout his entire career. And that is, if you have a strong defensive line, really aggressive pass rushers, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, you know, guys like that, they could get after Tom and cause him problems. And that really is where the focus is going to be in this game, Mafia. Yeah, that's going to be a big part of this game. I think that, you know, that spread is pretty big. I know that they started to click offensively, did Tampa, but I did not like what I saw from them yesterday, you know, and what I've seen from them the last couple of weeks. You know, they're winning games, but they're barely beating teams they should smoke. Like I said, they don't have, you know, a good record against good teams. And when they even play the bad teams, almost like they play down to their level. And I know Mike Evans, uh, you know, I hurt his knee, no structural damage, so he's day-to-day, could be there. But I think if he's out next week, that's a big thing, you know. And I think Young getting after Brady and things like that are going to disrupt that offense. It's not going to have the same rhythm that they've had. And we've seen that if they don't have that rhythm, 
you know, Tom doesn't look good. You know, we've seen if you get pressure on him, he doesn't look good. If he's not able to sit back there and has to get rid of it too quick or, you know, even sometimes if he doesn't have the time to develop those deep shots that they're making him take that he doesn't like, then it doesn't work out. And that's a problem that they are going to have with this Washington football team. They get a lot of pressure. Chase Young is an animal. And, you know, the rest of the guys in that front line also do a great job. It's not just him either. Like, he draws all the attention, but that leaves some of these other guys open to get in there and cause, you know, a lot of ruckus, and they do. And I think that's going to be a problem for them. I think that they probably will beat the Washington football team because, you know, they don't have the same offensive firepower. But I think it's going to be a tight game. I think it's going to be a lot lower scoring than they're probably expecting it to be for Tampa side and in general. And, you know, Alex Smith is a good quarterback. You know, he can get in there and he can make things happen. And, you know, he's not the most dynamic guy. He's not in Mahomes. That's obviously why they made the switch. But we've seen him have success in every stop he's been in. You know, he's a game manager. He's not going to make the mistakes that cost you. He's just not going to make the giant plays that get the win. So I think that's probably a Tampa win. But I think it's going to be a lot closer than the spread suggests. And honestly, I don't have faith in Tampa moving forward. When they start getting against the better teams in the NFC, I think it's going to be a quick exit for them. I'm with you. I'm not um, very sold on Tampa. And a lot of people are making some big Super Bowl run or winning at Lambeau. I mean, winning at the Superdome. They got smoked twice by the Saints. I mean, smoked in both games. I don't know here. And but he, but here's the thing with this game. You said it. Like Washington can't score. They are so bad offensively. You watched that game last night against the Eagles. They should have blew that team out. Uh, they really should have. They just they have no offensive weapons. McLaurin, I'll give him a ton of credit. The guy's basically walking around on one leg. He can barely play. And he's going out there trying to give everything that he can. He's the one explosive player that they have. Gibson isn't 100% either. Smith is only going to, you know, can only do so much. They are so challenged offensively. And and I'm going to wait, Mafia. This is going to be like Thursday, Friday. I want to see where this line moves. And I want to see how much of the public is on the Bucks. Like, I want to see that, like, 80% of the tickets on the Bucks, 85% of the tickets on the Bucks. If I get something like that on Thursday or Friday, I'll feel a lot better about taking some points with the Washington football team because it feels like everybody's running to the window right now for Tampa because of Tom Brady and, and Washington stinks. Uh, I'm with you. I, I think that this could be tricky for them, but I would like to see where the action is uh, for the rest of the week before – we make those decisions. And I feel like it, it could be an under game too. Like that 45 and a half is tough, especially when you, the Buck offense can get explosive. But I think they'll hold them down. I, I lean under here, Mafia, if I was looking at a total early in the week. Yeah, I do as well. I could see that being like a 20 to 14 or, you know, 21, you know, 17. I think it's going to be, you know, within a eight-point swing, maybe even within touchdown. Yeah, I, I hear you. I'm with you 100%. Uh, Sunday's games, Baltimore and Tennessee. Uh, let's, you know, uh, black and blue right here. Last year, the Titans beat the Ravens in Baltimore. Line opened at three, goes to three and a half uh, almost immediately. They played earlier this year. Tennessee beat them in a game that the Ravens absolutely should have won. This should be a slugfest, Mafia, and, and everybody's leaning Raven right now. The Titan defense stinks, not as good as last year. When they beat the Ravens, Ravens are a bully team, but it's going to be very hard for them to bully the Titans on Sunday. Yeah, uh, man, it's going to be such an ugly game. Uh, and this is going to be one that might be hard to watch because it's going to be so much ground and pound. 
And I know, you know, both of them have dynamic running offenses to a sense where these guys can break off big runs, but I just don't trust either of them right now. That, that's one of those games, you know, like we're talking about with Seattle and LA. It's like, do you really feel comfortable betting either side? Because I don't, you know, yeah, sure. They broke out the, uh, the, the Ravens in the last couple of games against bad teams, but when they played good teams, they weren't good. They got shut down. If they got to play from behind, it's a struggle for them. The Titans, if they had their defense even remotely close to what it was last year, I would be all over them for this game. But the, their defense has shown, you know, signs of being able to be beaten up at times. You know, they've had games oh. against, you know, especially like we saw the Texans. The Texans are not a good team, and they've kicked their ass. So I just don't feel confident in their defense like I did last year. Obviously, Henry is a beast, and I'll, you know, if a gun to my head, I have to pay, make a bet, I'm going to ride him before I'm riding Lamar Jackson and his playoff failures. But I just don't feel great either way. That's, you know, maybe a player prop. I got to see what the, you know, when it comes out with what the line is on uh, Derrick Henry rush yards in that game. Yeah, it's going to be heavy. You're going to pay a price for that one. They have jacked that up, Vandal, the last couple weeks, these Henry rush props. And even though it's the highest total on the board this weekend right now, 54 and a half, it's over for me. Every week, these Tennessee games, it's a pinball machine. It's a Madden yeah. video game. They're, they're even, they, they give up 30. They score 30. Every game is bananas. And the Ravens will score points on that ugly Tennessee defense. And I, and I think the Titans are going to be able to score as well. I think this game has a chance to be kind of crazy. And over 54 and a half, I, I'd probably like to tease Tennessee up in this game. If I do a teaser this weekend, that might be one of the teams I throw in there, get them up to nine and a half. Because I think, oh, I think this game's a touchdown or less one way or the other. I think the winner of this game is going to be, it's going to be a one score game late. And I think it's going to be a, a lot of points put up on the scoreboard. And uh, the Derrick Henry rush prop mafia. We'll have to get involved in that. Uh, did I see? You're did right. I that'll, get a that'll final probably there? Big. But you know what? What might be nice? You know what? What might be the better one to play probably is the tight ends for both these teams. We know that Andrews is you know the main focal point for Jackson when he has to throw it, and John Smith seems to score touchdown every game. So those might be the guys to look out for. Player props under the radar. 87-84, the Mountaineers, where they come from behind, win in Stillwater, and the cover, 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 cover. 87-84, three-point win for the Huggy Bear. What a job by them. Beautiful. Pharrell on the bench, Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty. 844-843-6879. We keep rolling on the bench right after this. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. And we're back. Pharrell on the bench. Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty. 
877-337-6879. The number to get involved here on Sports Grid Radio. Um, a couple more games to get to, Mafia. I'm still uh, ecstatic about uh, the win for the Mountaineers and the cover, too. That is just insane. Uh, by the way, halftime, Golden State and Sacramento, 68-48. to 48. The 20-point lead, oh, geez, man, 68 points in the first half for the Warriors. Where is Steph at right now, Mafia, as we sit? How much of the 68 does Steph have? 23. 23. So he he really took off in that second quarter uh, when they were, geez, building that lead even more. So he's got 23, but they're up 20. Needs nine points to get over the 31 and a half tonight. I think he could get that in the third quarter, and then they put him in the cupboard, uh, Mafia, after the back-to-back playing last night. Give him a little bit of rest as long as they continue to maintain that 20-point lead. Yeah, he could. I mean, it all depends on how he comes out in this game. If he starts firing as he was doing in that second quarter, if he kind of takes more of a, you know, reserves and create for other guys' backseat role. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously, if Sacramento knows what they're doing, which obviously it doesn't seem like they do or have for the last decade, you know, they're going to try to get the ball out of his hands maybe. So, you know, he should be the focal point defensively for the other team to shut him down. But, you know, we saw against Portland, it doesn't matter. He can still make those baskets. If he has any gas left in the tank, which he claimed today, you know, we heard it. On Coast to Coast in the clip we played, you said he has plenty left in the tank. So yeah. he should be able to hit that tonight. He sure did. Yeah. And 23, he better hit it now at this point. Uh, a couple more games we didn't hit yet. The uh, early looks at these NFL wildcard games. Bears at New Orleans, minus nine and a half for the Saints right now. You knew that the Saints were going to play on Sunday, Mafia, because if they would have played on Saturday, most likely Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray and the rest of the running backs most likely wouldn't have been able to play. So now I think it's actually just Kamara who had it. Uh, Murray didn't play this weekend because of the close contact, so he's going to be good to go either way. But you knew they weren't playing that game on Saturday. (laughs) When they knew that would be the cutoff for Kamara to play. And the NFL puts them on Sunday, as they should. Minus 9.5, total 47.5. I think there's going to be a lot of people, Mafia, who look at the Saints from the last couple years. Of course, lost at home to Minnesota. Uh, we know what happened with the Rams the year before that, uh, the miserable uh, NFC title game. Nine and a half is steep. Uh, the Bears stink. I'm not a believer whatsoever. Could they put a little pressure on Breeze in the offense? I don't know. I think the Saints are going to come out after what happened last year, know that they got to take care of business. I-, I-, I think that this is the one game. If I had to pick one game out of the six this weekend that ends in a 14 plus point blowout and safely I think that it's this one yeah if you're looking at it just by the teams and who they are and you know the the record and things like that it should be although I have a sneaky feeling that you know I think we're going to see a much tighter game than you would expect you know I think that the Bears defense obviously their offense stinks we know that it finally started to come alive a little bit towards the end of the year finally you know for once Nagy you know all the press clippings we heard from it wasn't about how terrible the offense was it was you know actually complimentary which was very surprising because they are pretty bad, but still, they're playing better, and that defense is, you know, pretty tough. And they matched up earlier this year. Obviously, that was a game without Michael Thomas. That's going to be a big factor in that. You know, it was twenty six twenty three, so it was just a field goal game. That was the one actually where uh, they had to win in overtime. Where, you know, I, if I remember correctly, I had the Saints. I think it was a situation where they were going to they're kicking for the field goal, yeah. and I almost wanted them to miss it because I'm like, in overtime, they could still blow this game. So yep. I wanted them to just blow it in, you know, get the, I had the Bears, I think, to cover it. 
and I was worried about them getting the touchdown to, to win it. You know, the Saints in overtime, but they got the field goal so that the Bears still covered. And, you know, I think we could see a similar game. Obviously, if Thomas is good to go, that could be different. You know, he's going to play, but he's been banged up all year. He hasn't looked the same all year, even when he's been there. So I think that could be a big factor. You know, Kamara has been able to practice all week. You know, we don't know how sick he has been. If it was just, you know, asymptomatic and just cleared, you know, good to go, no problem. That could be a big thing for them. But I have a sneaking suspicion this is going to be similar to the game we saw earlier this year. And it's going to be a tight game, you know, in the low 20s and not the Saints blowing them out like people are expecting them to. I, I remember that game. I had the over in that game. I think it was 40 and a half or 41. And uh, they ended up, of course, going over that with those couple late scores in the fourth quarter before the OT. Um, yeah, look, uh, I, I, this is I just I don't think it'll be like that game. I think the Saints are going to be super focused, and um, they're going to be ready to go this week. I, 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 and I've been burned by the Saints many a time in the past in these spots, thinking that they're going to come out and blow somebody away. But I'm going to give them one last try here on Sunday against the Chicago Bears. Well, I'll throw this one out to you then, Mike. You, you think there's <laughs> going to be a blowout. You know, you brought up earlier in the show that, you know, you think we're done with coach firings. And, of course, there's reports that Nagy's yeah. going to come back next year. If it does turn out to be a blowout, if the Saints smoke them, does he get fired? I think he, I think he saved his job by scoring a lot of points against some of this hack competition that the Bears faced down the stretch uh, before the game against the Packers yesterday. Uh, they scored 30-plus points in four games in a row. I think the fact that they not only won games, but their offense actually showed a lot of life. I think that that's going to keep Nagy. I think the bigger question, Mafia, is not Nagy. It's Trubisky. Because I think everybody considered him absolutely 100% gone. But does that little flurry at the end of the year, scoring the 30-plus points, I think that that keeps Trubisky on the fence maybe a little bit more than Nagy. I think it saved Nagy, and now it's put Trubisky from out to potentially back in the mix with the Bears. It could be. I mean, I wouldn't if I was them. You know, I think you've seen enough from him to know who he truly is. <laughs> now, this isn't a Tua situation where you didn't have enough you know, tape on this guy. He's been there for a while. He had a decent first year, but it wasn't like he was blowing anybody away. It was more the defense, and they were just getting by. Last year, he was terrible. This year, for half the season, he was terrible, and then all of a sudden, you know, got solid. I just don't feel like he's good enough to be your starter, you know, for a long term. I think he's, you know, one of those guys that could be a great backup and, and be a great support system and, you know, give you that stability if you need him for a couple of games, kind of like Nick Foles should be, you know, for most teams. Yeah. I think they're kind of the same guy, you know, although Foles will take more of chances than Trubisky will, as we've talked in the past. You know, he's a safe guy to have to be your backup guy, you know, maybe play a couple of games if you need him. I don't think he's a real starter in the NFL if you want to build a winning franchise. I don't either. If I was them, I would want absolutely nothing to do with them. But they've scored some points down the stretch. Um, we'll see if that factors in. And maybe if he scores some points, even in a loss against the Saints on Sunday, see how it plays out. Final game, uh, the night game. They have added this now, uh, an 8 o'clock Sunday night NFL wildcard weekend game. I love it. And it's a longtime rivalry, Steelers and the Browns. Browns' first playoff game since 02. Man, Mafa, I thought the Browns were going to Brown yesterday. I really did. Uh, when the Steelers got down there and scored the touchdown, they were going for two. I said, man, this isn't going to really happen to the poor Browns again, is it here? Right on the doorstep of the playoffs, they lose to the Jets last week. 
Uh, they have a lead here against the Steelers. Are they going to choke it up? But they got it done. And now uh, the question is, can you trust them? Uh, you know, getting four and a half in Pittsburgh on a Sunday night against their hated rivals. I, this is, I think, going to be the best game of the weekend. Well, you know, honestly, I wanted them to brown it up at the end of that game because I was very angry with them. They blew my parlays. They blew my teasers. I mean, <laughs> you're playing the Steeler backups and you only win by two. That's a disgrace to me. I mean, Mason Rudolph was losing games by 20 last year. And all of a sudden, this guy's, you know, getting them within two points. It's pathetic to me that you're actually playing to win the game. You needed the game and you barely beat the Steelers backups. But alas, they're in here and now they get a rematch. You know, I just, I think that they should get smoked, you know, if you look at things on paper. But. The Steelers just have not been good the last couple of weeks. You know, they got that great run. They were undefeated. Their last remaining undefeated. Everyone's talking about how awesome they look. And then they just fallen flat on their face since. They have not gotten things going at all. The Steelers should win this game. I think it'll be close if they do because they, you know, they're the better team, the better coach, the better quarterback. So many, you know, better things, in my opinion. Even I think a better receiver because, you know, I put Claypool over Landry and these other guys the way that he played this season, obviously with OBJ out. But that running game of Cleveland can, you know, keep them in it. That could be a big factor here. And I think they'll keep it close. And at this point, I'm leaning towards the Steelers to sneak through. Uh, yeah, I, I think the Browns are live here on Sunday They're night. Live, I, need to sure. get, I need to get further through the week. I need to, you know, digest this a little more. That's why it's only Monday. We got some time to go. Um, but I'm 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 really considering a Browns play here, maybe even on the money line uh, for Sunday night. It's just hey, it, that's you know it's been that kind of season in the NFL. Oh, it here, feels, he won't let you host again. I, yeah, I I, I know. Uh, look, uh, I think he knows. He and he'll get back later in the week and give his thoughts on it. I I know he hasn't been very impressed with what the Steelers have done down the stretch either, but. After after a couple of days, I, I'm I'm probably going to lean more towards Steelers. I'll I'll come to some senses probably by Wednesday or Thursday and realize that the Steelers, yes, uh, are going to win this football game. Uh, and there you go. So throughout the week, Mafia, we'll continue to touch on these games. The lines are going to move, and uh, we'll get other information. There's always the dreaded uh, possible COVID stuff too with these teams. So all that stuff we'll have to keep an eye on as we get closer to Saturday and Sunday. Bunch of coaches. Um, are gone. There's going to be six openings. There's a lot of interesting names on the table for that. We'll talk about that. We've got the college football playoff we didn't talk about either. We have to touch on that, Mafia. I know it was a couple of days ago, but we have to talk about that as well. Pharrell on the bench, Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty, 844-843-6879. We keep rolling on the bench right after this. sports so many memories so many players so many teams so many great matchups so many possibilities now are you really gonna pass all that up this is the sports grid radio network And we're back. Pharrell on the bench. Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty. 844-843-6879. The number to get involved. I think tomorrow night, Mafia, we'll need to spend a little time on this. I love this that FanDuel puts up. They have the um, name the finalists 
bet for the Super Bowl. So you basically, you know, you pick the two teams that you think are going to face off. So I think maybe tomorrow night, Mafia, we've we've got 24 hours to prepare here. Uh, we'll we'll try to pick a couple of maybe some value plays here on this name the finalists on uh, on the Fanduel. So tomorrow night we'll do that. Since we just went through the games, we'll try to have some fun with who we think. Uh, now that we know the bracket, we know how how it'll shake out. Um, picking it throughout the end, we could try to find some uh, value plays here on Fanduel to see who can get to the Super Bowl. So that'll be tomorrow night uh, on the bench. So be with us. Uh, coaching. Uh, changes mafia. We saw, we knew that the Lions and the Falcons and the Texans were going to be looking for coaches. The Jets, of course, that was a foregone conclusion that Gase was going to be out. And then today, the Jaguars kicked Marone, St. Doug, who, uh, you know, I can't stand him. They, they kicked St. Doug to the curb uh, in Jacksonville. And the one surprise, I guess, I mean, I thought it was 50 50. They played well down the stretch, but who cares? It was over at that point was Anthony Lynn with the Chargers. I just saw on the screen 33 and 31 in his four years as the Charger head coach. I mean, eh, whatever. Um, I didn't think he was... You saw Anthony Lynn. He made some really bad decisions in game. He was His clock management was awful. I mean, the Chargers weren't good this year. They lost a lot of close games. Probably deserved to be fired between last year and this year. So it is what it is, Moff. And uh, so we've got six openings, I don't think that we are going to have any more than that. And we've already seen, you know, all the billions of coordinators that they're throwing all these names in the hat. You know that uh, this year, Biennemi and uh, Salah from the Niners, uh, you figure the two of them are going to get jobs after they were the hot commodities last year, didn't get a job. And now all season, they once again have been the hot commodities. They have been, and they will be. And, you know, we know they're getting a bunch of interviews, a bunch of requests. We'll see where they decide to go, which team they uh, end up thinking is the best fit for them. Because I think, you know, both these guys are going to essentially have their pick in a certain degree. You know, not obviously every team, but there's going to be a couple offers for each guy, I believe, because they've both done an incredible job, and some of these teams are just pretty desperate. Uh, I mean, I wasn't surprised about Anthony Lynn. I kind of said with KW on Saturday night when we were, you know, doing our preview for the NFL the next day, he was kind of liking the Chiefs. And I'm like, I think that's kind of a win the Gipper, you know, win for the Gipper kind of game for, you know, the Chargers because they love Anthony Lynn, even though he's probably going to get fired. They might try to save his job with that one. But I agree with you. He deserved to be gone, you know, not necessarily record wise. But when you have a guy like Herbert playing how incredibly well he did way better than anyone expected in his rookie season. And you just have these mental lapses that cost you games. And it's not, you know, something new. It's something that we saw previously when he had Rivers. There were a lot of close games they lost because of just mistakes that were made in game management. You know, just like players, if they don't get better, if you don't, you know, get that progression to the next level, they get, you know, the boot. We talked about that with quarterbacks. You're going to have that with coaches too, you know, and he just didn't learn from his mistakes. And unfortunately, you know, he loses his job. I'm sure he'll get picked up, you know, to be a coordinator somewhere and try to work his way back up. Like we've heard some, you know, people talk about with some of these guys, uh, you know, that have done that so far this year, you know, down in Tampa, the you know, defensive coordinator, the former Jets coach, he's looking to get back in the game that people were talking about and that he's really good. He's just in a bad situation with the Jets, which seems to be, you know, with a bunch of these franchises that are open once again, like Detroit, like Jets, you know, Jacksonville. Yeah. It's like you hear some people be like, oh, yeah, this is a great job. A lot of people are going to be interested in it. It's like, really? I mean, the Jaguars, yeah, you, you're going to have Trevor Lawrence. You're going to have a lot of cap room, but you just seem to be cursed at times being part of that franchise. The Jets, as a Jet fan, I can tell you, we are cursed. Uh, we. You know, they sold their soul for the Super Bowl in 69 and will never win it again. But, 
you know, hey, come, please, be enemy. I beg you, please come here. Yeah, I I think that it's close between the Chargers and the Jags for what the you know quote unquote best job is. Uh, I know that Keith's going to do a lot of this tomorrow on Coast to Coast. Um, you know, the Chargers they have Herbert already, and you know that Herbert can play. Like you know that already, and it's L.A. Like you never I mean, matter there. Great defensive You're players like, too. They have great de- and, and and you don't matter. You're never going to matter there because in L.A. the Chargers don't matter. I mean, Scotty's talked about this a billion times. Chargers don't matter in L.A. But in Jacksonville, you're gonna have Lawrence. You're gonna have a hundred million dollars in cap space, but Lawrence hasn't played a game on an NFL field yet. Herbert has, so that's why there's a there's a little bit now. Everybody says he can't miss. I've heard it before. I think he's gonna be good. But um, you know, you never know with these guys. So you you are rolling the dice as always, uh, when it comes to quarterbacks that you're taking. Speaking in of the first dice, round, how about the yes. name that's been thrown around in the last 24 hours? That was surprising to me because you know I never thought of him making this jump, and we've heard about him possibly coming back. You know, it was in in Texas. People were talking about him coming back, and it's like, no, he's not going to do it. It's not yeah. you know his health issues. And then also, oh, well, they're going to stick with Herman. And then all of a sudden, they fire Herman and bring in, you know, Sarkeesian out of nowhere. They're going to pay out that big $21 million anyway, even if it's not for him. But uh, Urban Meyer now being batted about between, you know, oh, well, he can get Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. So he'll have a young quarterback that he can work with. And he has all that, you know, the ties to those Florida days. Or, oh, well, maybe New York because then he could bring in, you know, Justin Fields, the Ohio State quarterback who, you know, he was part of that program. That's a risk yeah. to me. I don't know. I don't like that. I don't know for either team. Like this guy's walked away from multiple programs now for quote unquote health reasons. You know, yeah. I know you and I have both said on the air. There's definitely always more to the story with him when he's walking away from these teams. That there's like you know, right before he gets nailed, he would, you know, just let his players run amok. He decides to quit because he's not healthy. So maybe in the NFL you don't have to worry about that. But if you actually believe his excuses for leaving both Florida and Ohio State, how do you as an NFL team be like, hey, let's bring this guy in? You know. It's it's less pressure in the NFL than it is in college, right? Yeah, I, I would be very, very leery of hiring Urban Meyer in the NFL. Like, like there's just there's just way too many examples of guys who were unbelievable all time great college coaches who could not get it done in the NFL. And the sample of the amount of guys who have gotten it done is very, very small. And guys like Pete Carroll, who had great college careers, they had NFL experience before that. So when he went back to Seattle, not only was he tremendous at USC, but he had younger experience with the Jets and with the Patriots before that. So right, guys, who have, those times. guys who have never coached in the NFL as a head coach and have only done college, I'm very leery of doing it. I mean, Rule, was, listen, Rule I'm sure, is going to be good in Carolina, but the, the jury's still out there. You know, the Spurriers, Sabins, you can go on and on. It's been and very again, tricky. Had NFL experience before all that college. Right, right. Uh, it's been very tricky for the all-time great college coach to go and be unbelievable in the NFL. I mean, Jimmy Johnson, sure, won Super Bowls. It's very rare. Um, and these other guys, uh, you know, Soleil's going to get a job. The enemy's going to get a job. I'm hoping that Dable Mafia, obviously, I'm, I'm greedy. I don't want Dable to leave the Bills. He's been so great with Josh Allen. I'm hoping that Dable is like Soleil and Biennemi last year. They were the two hot coordinators. They interviewed with everybody, and they still had to wait a year before they got the job. I'm hoping that Dable is going to be like that this year. He interviews with everybody. 
and he has to wait, and he maybe has to wait one more year before he finally does it. But he's got this history with Telesco, the GM with the Chargers. They went to high school together or something, so that's a problem. And I saw tonight that they did ask the Bills to interview Dable. So I think that my dreams of Brian Dable not getting plucked away from the Buffalo Bills are going to end. Uh, and the Chargers are going to interview the Clapper too, uh, Garrett, which I just can't, you know, hey, you want to go hire Jason? Want what you <laughs> want from Dable is to go and interview and get the Jets gig and then pull McDaniels yeah. just to screw them and like when everyone else is yeah. hired. Because you know yeah. what? Actually, I'm going to go back to Buffalo and leave yeah. the Jets high and dry so they Man. really can't find a coach. You know, pretty funny, Mafia. Whose name do we not hear around the circuit this year? Not a lot of love for Josh McDaniels this year, huh? No, not such a dynamic <laughs> offense anymore, right? <laughs> not, not a lot of love for Josh. Now, listen, Josh, is that's part of his own fault for things that he's done in the past. But I don't see everybody knocking down Josh McDaniels' door this year to get a head coaching job. We don't have a lot of time left. We have to talk about uh, Bama, Ohio State from the weekend. Look, um, Dabo got what he had coming to him. He ran his mouth about Ohio State. And Ohio State absolutely shoved it back in his face. I think that Alabama probably could have scored 60 or 70 on Notre Dame if they wanted to. And for some reason, when it got to 28 to 7, they just wanted to kind of end the game and go home. I, I just feel like they, they kind of let Saban like put mercy on, on the Irish there uh, in the second half. And I feel bad for you if you were holding that ticket because he ended up with the backdoor cover late by Notre Dame with the 18 and a half or the 19 and a half. Um, but Dabo did an awful job. And once again, Mafia, I say I bang this drum all the time. These college football playoff semi-games, they all stink. 11 out of 14, seven years now they've done the college football playoff. 11 out of the 14 games have been absolutely unwatchable blowouts, second half, meaningless. 11 out of the 14 games. That's a problem. And it's the same teams every year. We get that too. Uh, but now we get Alabama and Clemson. I mean, uh, Alabama and Ohio State uh, next Monday night. Well, listen, they're, they're blowouts, but they're important because l- let's look at just this year. If you did not have those playoffs, you would not have this matchup. Alabama would be there. Ohio State would not. They were number four. So they would have been left out, and it would have been, you know, Alabama-Clemson probably, and they would have gotten, you know, their butts kicked. And I c- couldn't have been happier. And I'm not some Ohio State lover. You know, I, I always love watching them lose too because they're one of those you know, Blue Blood's always good, always top of their conference, always around for the playoffs. I love them smoking Clemson this year because Dabo deserved it more than anybody. He has been a tool the whole year. You know, this is always a Mr. Nice Guy, Mr. Religious. Everybody loves this guy. He's such a great guy, such a, you know, great, you know, recruiter and a great guy with the kids, and he really cares about his kids. I loved him getting smoked. Because he was such a jerk all year with this whole COVID situation, acting like, oh, yeah, who cares? You know, we'll play college like like it wasn't a serious thing. Then with the whole Florida State thing where he was all ticked off at them when he brought a sick kid on the bus with him and blamed Florida State for not wanting to play his team that probably had another 20 kids that were carrying. And then all the smack talking against Ohio State where, oh, well, we don't have to watch that many games this year, so it's to be easy. Well, apparently you should have watched those games more than once because you didn't get enough the first viewing, I guess, because you got your ass kicked. And I loved it. No, it's true. Dabo deserved everything he got last week. He did an awful job. Uh, the way he said they, they put him out of the top ten, and man, and you go and they beat him last year too. So a lot of kids were still on that Ohio State team. Uh, the bad taste was in their mouth, um, and they showed it. And uh, right now, seven and a half. That line has moved a little bit. It's gone back and forth. It's gotten as high as nine. Goes down to seven and a half again. 
man, Mafia, I just feel like, and we'll do this more as the week goes on, I feel like Alabama, I, I think they're going to whack them. I really yeah. do. This, uh, this Alabama team is too good. They are too good. They really they are. are. And the thing about them, too, is that it's not the typical Alabama team. You know, most of these games, like, hey, if they're just, their defense is going to shut you down, and you can still hang. You can still cover because it's going to be, you know, not a high-scoring game. Both these teams can score points. Bama yeah. is scoring points left and right. And now, all of a sudden, as the season has gone on, their defense has gotten back into form. You know, earlier in the season, they were getting scored on constantly. I mean, that old Miss game was insane. They're just back and forth, touchdown, yeah. touchdown, touchdown. Now they're starting to get stops and shut the teams down, as we saw against Notre Dame. And that's not going to bode well against, uh, you know, Ohio State, who's a good team, but feels a struggle in the big games at times. Yeah, I got I got a feeling that that one's going to be ugly uh, coming up. For on the bench, Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty, 844-843-6879. We wrap it up on the bench right after this. And we're back. Pharrell on the bench. Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty as we are wrapping this puppy up. Uh, Warriors 103-75 lead the Kings. They just started the fourth quarter, Mafia. Curry has 30. Prop tonight was 31 and a half. So he needs one more bucket. He is in the game. He's in there in the start of the fourth. So despite being up now, geez, 31, 106-75. Uh, hopefully Curry gets one more bucket. If you played that 31 and a half from him tonight and they can close the door there. How about the Warriors home dog tonight off a, off a back to back. Is he on the bench? Wow. How about that? He's on the bench to start. So you know what? That could be a problem. That could be a problem. That could be. That hurt me in uh, those college Uh, football playoff games. We're just talking about. I had your boy Harris against, uh, you know, against Notre Dame over 156 and a half Uh, all purpose yards. He lands a 155 and kills me. Yeah, I had a couple bad ones like that in the Oregon-Iowa uh, State game on Saturday as well. Just some brutal, brutal beats uh, when it comes to player props over the weekend. And Devon Smith is going to win the Heisman tomorrow night. That dude is so NFL-ready. If I was the Dolphins, forget about talking about quarterbacks, things like that. With that third pick, they should take Devonta Smith. Because that dude, well, it was ridiculous what he did to Notre Dame, what he's done to everybody all week. That guy is Julio, the next Julio Jones. Right there, in he's playing. He's gonna be playing Monday night. Go watch him. He's gonna rip Ohio State in half, and he's gonna pick up his Heisman tomorrow night virtually, uh, as well. Listen, I'm so, not on the field, so maybe the judge should take him too. <laughs> I I don't think Fields is gonna be good at all. I'm with Scotty on that with the Ohio State quarterbacks. I don't care what he did to Clemson the other night. I don't think Fields is gonna be a good NFL quarterback either. That's just me. Uh, Pharrell on the bench. Uh, great stuff tonight. A lot of fun. Uh, me and Mafia will be back at it uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Mafia, I will see you then. <laughs> see you tomorrow night. See you tomorrow night, Mafia. And uh, we'll keep rolling here. Scott will be back later on in the week. Carver High and Mafia. Pharrell on the bench. We'll see you tomorrow. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.